Thank you, New York. Today, we're reminded of the power of community and the power of coming together. Athletes, on your mark. The first woman to finish for the second straight year here in the New York City Marathon is Mickey Gorman, a smiling Mickey Gorman, and why not? 2.29.30, the time for Gritterbikes. Look at the emotion of Shalane Flanagan as she comes to the line. Pointing to his chest, pointing to the USA. He so proudly wears across his chest. A great day for Beth Kapleski. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Set the Pace, the official podcast of New York Roadrunners presented by New Balance. It is Marathon Week here in New York. What an exciting time. We're so thrilled to be with you today. A very special episode of Set the Pace, our first ever live broadcast, live from the TCS New York City Marathon Expo at the Jacob Javits Center in New York City. Meb Kofleski and I were joined by a great live audience, and we're thrilled to bring you that podcast right here, recorded on the first day of the Expo here in New York. All right, we took questions from you guys online as well as some live questions from the audience, and so let's dive right into the questions. The first question we got was, we all know the phrase, nothing new during race week, but if you can do one new thing in race week, what would it be? Well, you know, you come to New York to do a lot of great things. If you get an opportunity to shake hand with the CEO, you shake hand with the CEO. Or don't ever, you know, to be able to give you a hug from me, that's okay. You just don't want to have a new shoes. A hat is okay to wear on race day. Don't put something else like jerseys and shoes or socks next first time. But to be able to wear a hat is always a good feeling. Not a good time to try new types of food. Not a good time to experiment. Meb, I remember one of our first podcasts, you talked about uh, a, a dinner you had the night before the marathon. What year is that? The, the dinner that didn't go so well? 2006. Uh, 2006, I mean, I was something in, I having a nice restaurant, having a dinner, and there was eight of us, and let's have a dinner and hang out, and then guess what? I tried something, new chicken fettuccine or something, and I had food poisoning. And it wasn't the night before, but I was having trouble. But I came here, I was determined to finish. The competitor that I am, I want to go for the win. And then about, it was a year that Lance Armstrong was running, so there was a lot of hype in there. Is Lance going to win it? I'm like, no, he's not going to win it. He might do well, but he's not going to win it. So every time I stop at the Portable Johns, I'm like, did Lance pass me? Did Lance pass me? <laughs> it didn't, but you know, don't try something new, especially with food. Stick to what has worked for your tempos, long runs, whatever that works for your stomach. Don't try something new, so learn from me. One thing you can do that's new, I mean, we're in New York, there's so much to do, so go to a new museum, check out an art gallery, find uh, some entertainment. There's so many new things you can do, especially if you're visiting, but even if you're local, so I'd say go check something new out in our great city because it's a great opportunity. And especially if you do it after the marathon, you walk around with your medal on and you'll get that extra special treatment. You'll get a free drink or an appetizer or something because New Yorkers really respect folks who have just won, run the marathon or in your case, won the marathon. No, running a marathon is very respectable. A lot of people want to appreciate what you have done because sometimes maybe they have done it or they know somebody who has done it or they would dream of doing it. So 
wear it proudly with that medal walking around on Monday. You might even get easy, you know, if you travel to the flight first. So those are the things, the perks that provides the TCS New York City Marathon. So wear it proudly, have fun, and, you know, we all can walk as fast or whatever, but, you know, be gentle to each other and help each other out. All right, Meb, next question. What's the best spot to go to post-marathon to celebrate with others who ran the marathon? So the first thing I'll say as the, as the CEO of New York Roadrunners is a, a, a place that's not a good place to go is hanging out right at the finish line. So you need to keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. I know it's a long walk. We're going to send you up Central Park for a little while, but don't worry. You will get out. We will let you out of the park. And then we've got an amazing family reunion area block by block in the West 70s. You can connect with your friends, your family, and we will connect you, but just keep walking. So that's message number one. Once you've done that, Meb, what do, what do you like to do? Where do you think's a good spot to go and meet up with people? Congratulations, you just come across the finish lines of the TCS New York City Marathon. It's time for a celebrate. A little walk and rob is good because you know, want to be able to just go away and then be able to just let the muscles relax a little bit. But what thing, first thing I do is usually have a you can or a shake or something that you can have. Sugar is what I'm craved at. The last mile or two mile, I'm thinking sugar, sugar, sugar. So I will have sugar, uh, protein. And then after that, enjoy the things that you usually don't, whether it is hamburger, beer, fries. You know, those are great things because in the distance running, you have to be so much disciplined. You got to eat an hour and a half or two hours before you run. So this is the time to kind of have, I'm a sweet tooth kind of guy, so I like to have sweets, dessert, New York steak, New York steak, and then also New York cheesecake is the one my go-to. So have fun and protein, 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 but at the same time, enjoy the people that came to support you because this is what you want to have, kind of have a wine or beer in your hand. One other thing, recovery, is Epsom salt. That's another grin. And, you know, don't do the ice bath. I did that for all of us. It's painful. But for you guys, I would recommend you guys do Epsom salt and be able to just enjoy the recovery process. My answer was simply going to be anywhere where there's beer. Am I allowed to say that? I think that's pretty much always the right answer, especially Michelob Ultra, our fantastic partner. And by the way, that's a good one. It's low in alcohol and you know, you don't, you're not, you don't want to maybe go straight to the IPA. But anyway, that's a good place. Set a plan. You know, definitely let your friends know where you're going to be. Make a post or send a note out so that people know where you're going to be. Because, you know, it's actually really important to celebrate that accomplishment you just had. You don't want to just go back home and take an ice bath and turn on the TV and hang out, especially maybe if you're single and there's nobody there to like give you a high five. You want to have that celebration. So make sure you make a plan to celebrate because that's an important part of the day. Absolutely. I mean, I think that 26.2 miles hard and a lot of preparation goes into it, but you also want to get connected with family or friends or whoever came to support you here to be able to just enjoy Come across the finish line, celebrate, smile, have a wonderful pictures, and you know sometimes enjoy. The, say thank you to the people that put the medals. I might be the one that might be there at the finish line, put a medal around your neck. It's fun to way because we understand the accomplishment. They are not only the race of celebration 26.2, but the months of training. Now is the time to say, hey, I done my goals, I accomplished it. And sometimes he might be mad because he didn't hit the goal that you want. But guess what? You finished. You did the best thing you can for that day. You set the goal for the next time, but celebration is a point whether it's like it robs a beer, wine, hamburger, pizza, whatever works to help you recover and be 
be the best version of yourself for the next time around. All right. Our next question on this live version of Set the Pace is, if you have a long wait before the start of the race, what do you recommend? We've got a, a wide range of, of start times. Some of you out there may be going right at 8. Some of you might be going in not until 11.30 in the morning. So some folks have to wait, and that, that can be anxiety producing. I get it. Meb, if you've got one of those later start times, what do you think is a good way to, to pass the time in a productive way before you start? Nowadays, you know, to kill some time, bring your phone with you, listen to some music, your favorite jam music that you want to have, relax, take a deep breath, and then ask people. The people are there from different 130 countries or people come from forward, get to know them a little bit. Just say, hey, what's your goal? How was your training? I want you to come in town. And how you like in New York? All those things that are things. But at the same time, there's a lot of space there to put your feet up, relax, close your eyes, take a nap, make sure you set the alarm. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, just enjoy each other's been there. And at the same time, it's good to be able to visualize. I have come so long from different place. I've done the training. Now, how can I have fun of getting from Staten Island all the way to Central Park. So use that visualization time, but at the same time, just, you know you're going to run, it's going to hurt, you know it's going to be tough, but being able to just enjoy each other and not only during make friends at the start, but making friends also during the run because you might be together for like three, five, seven, eight miles together. Meb, what do you think is the right time to eat that last meal before your start? So if you've got that 11.30 start time, when would you say is the time to have that, that legitimate breakfast so that you've got the energy to get through the race? I would like, for me personally, is about two hours before or an hour and a half. If you feel like hungry, have a banana or something like that is there or bars to be able to have that about an hour to an hour and a half before. And then always carry gels. You always carry gels. Have it in your pocket if you need to have it on mile 17 or mile 16 or things like that. You know, everybody is different. What works for you, you already have experiment with it. Don't do something different. Meb said to do have a gel mile 20. Don't want to do that. So whatever has worked for you, just stick to it. All right. Next question is one of my favorite topics. It's a little bit not off color, but not something you talk about every day. When to use the toilet. This to me is a key, key marathon question is how to time that last trip to the bathroom. So the question is, when do you stop the drinking before, the, the water, the hydration, before the race so that you can time your last bathroom break before the race? How do you time that out? It's all about strategy. You know, you don't want to be the first one going and it's nice and cleaner. But at the same time, for me, it's about an hour before when I start my warm-up. I, I wait until I do my warm-up and then go to the portable johns or toilet and be able to just take care of business, whatever you need to do. And then after that, it just the last drink that you should have is probably 45 minutes, 30 minutes before you get off to the starting line. And do, you know, some ways to do is do strides, you know, be warm as much as you can. Take something close that are, you, know, you can throw them away at the start to keep warm because if it's chilly, you don't want to be there shivering before going. So just have disposable clothes there. But the importance of going to the toilet is important because, you know, you're going to be there for three hours, four hours, or five, six hours. So you don't want to make a pissed up because you don't want to miss that BQ or something else by like five seconds or 20 seconds. So make sure you just stick, in, stick to what are your plans that you have. Meb, 
if you're running under about four hours, let's say, is that a pretty reasonable amount of time to think you can get through without having to stop at a porta potty if you time your hydration the right way? Is that about reasonable four, four and a half hours? I know it depends on the person, but. Yeah, I mean, if, it depends if the person is the first. When I get up, I, you know, I go immediately to the restroom. If somebody might not go into like two, three hours, but I think the timing of that is four hours, four hours, five hours, you can do it because timing of what works for you internally in your stomach and hydration. You don't want to be just galloping a lot of water or hydration. You just want enough. Like usually I said about six to seven ounces of water to have every 5K or every four miles. And that would help you be okay for about four and a half, five hours without stopping at the toilet. All right, here's a question that came in. I'm really nervous about running with that many people. <laughs> and yes, there are a lot of people. We got about 50,000 people expected to line up for the start. What's the advice? Now, Meb, you ran with a lot of people, but they were all behind you. Uh, you, were, you were right out in front. All the rest of the 49,900 or whatever were behind you. So you didn't have to dodge people that much in your professional running career. But what's your advice on this? In my professional career, I was fortunate enough to start at the front and then take the tangent. But at the same time, it is very, New York is so big that, you know, you, you come to a T, you don't know if you're going to go to the left or to the right because so many people are there crowded. And it, so, but luckily we have the truck or the media and then you can see they're going to go to the right, so you take the right changes. But I also have run in the middle of the crowd, run three hours or so three hours and ten minutes, people. And you got to do a lot of zigzag, you know, you go like this, waves, and then, you know, I'm short, so I can't see where the turn is either. So you just try to take a space as much as you can, but it's fun. You know, the only fun part, not fun part of that was when you go to the fluid station, people sometimes stop and you're like, well, let me get my water and go to the other side. But sometimes people stop all of a sudden. That's why I think the forms and drills and kind of exercising is important because you never know who that person might jump in front of you and have those things. So just, you know, you're going to have zigzags, but at the same time, you are, this is New York. You have so many people to enjoy each other and make friends and then encourage each other because when they're going to give you good job, good job, they're going to give you word of encouragement instead of running all by yourself. This may be the rare running question that I can give better advice than you because I am used to running in the middle of a large pack of runners, not at the front. And what I have found in races that are really crowded is it's better maybe not to do too much zigzagging, right? Because that zigzagging in the first few miles, like it takes a lot of energy, you know? I mean, you're, you're constantly going back and forth. You know, you can, you can actually trip doing that, you know, you can lose your balance. So a little bit of patience can actually be a good thing. And if you can find a pocket, you know, that's kind of a nice pocket, find a runner ahead of you who seems to be running at the pace you want to run at, for those first few miles, you can kind of follow their lead. You know, you can follow their block and, and just sort of draft off of them for a while. It gets you into a nice rhythm for that early period so you're not burning so much energy weaving between people if you're in a good spot for the beginning of the race. Yeah, I mean, it's all about, you know, the marathon is long where people are going to spread out eventually. When you find a pocket, you, like Rob said, just kind of go make a move for that. But at the same time, you're going to see people, you know, run, be patient, know which course you're running because some people might be the first time and they might just go out hard and they're not being patient. So, and then the others are, 
you know, they go too slow at the beginning, they may be passing people later on. So be cognizant of, don't get scared with too many people, but at the same time, be confident in your training and your ability to do the things. It's like, if they want to pass you, let them pass. But I'll see you Central Park. All right, the next question is, um, for a lot of folks out there, quite relevant. Any advice for back-of-the-pack runners? And, you know, Meb, only about, I, I saw a study the other day that only about 25% of marathon runners now are finishing under four hours. So a ton of people coming in five, six, seven hours. What's the advice for those runners? Whether you are elite from the pack, on the middle of the pack, or the back of the back, we're all runners from point A, B, from point a to point B, San Island to New Central Park. We all have different abilities, different talents. My advice is, you know, you get the best out of yourself on that moment. Go out there, run your race, don't get discouraged, have fun. You know, some people know, especially in New York, they said, you know, I stopped at this place, I stopped at that place, and that's why you're taking six hours, seven hours. For us, it's quite, it's never easy. We try to make it look easy, but running, we all know it's not easy. But at the same time, just enjoy the journey. I mean, I think being at the back of the pack, the, you know, I have a good friend named Tracy Lilly in San Diego. She goes, I've been at the back, back of the pack. I just get more money for my, for more money for my, for my registration is what she says, you know. So she's getting her due diligence to be able to spend time there. But advice would be just have fun, enjoy it, and, you know, finishing to the Central Park as strong as you can is important. And most importantly, have fun because the finish line is waiting for you no matter what stage of the runner that you are. And that's one of the things about the TCS New York City Marathon is that finish line is going to stay open. That's a big part of our what we do. It's one of the things that makes our race special. And so even if the sweep bus is, you know, is creeping up behind you, it's okay because we're going to be there. That final finisher is one of the things we love to celebrate here in New York. All right. We're going to open it up now for live questions. So Anybody out there, make sure you got a microphone. We're going to bring the mic right to you so you can be heard on the podcast. Hello. Welcome to the pod. Hello. Yes. Uh, one of the most difficult parts of the course I find, and I hear a lot of other people also talk about, is 59th Street Bridge because it's dead silent. The only thing that those of us in the middle of the pack ever hear are other footfalls for, for everyone else. How did you, with almost nobody else around you, how did you manage to get through that easily? Well, quote unquote easily. No, you know, that's a very important part of the race, Rob, and uh, everybody, because that's what the test of guts is. Now you hear yourself breathe. You are saying, you know, the solitude, like for example, how many of you guys train in the morning? The five o'clock in the morning or 6.30 in the morning, nobody's there, it's just you. That's how it feels like. But know that, hey, this is, I've been here before, and getting ready, the tunnel of the electric, electric sound of First Avenue is coming. So that's the time where it's like, okay, I got to save something, I got to save something. And then once you come to the turn, it just becomes really loud. But visualize, I'm at the 15th mile, I got 11 miles to go, assess yourself, how am I doing? How am I looking? And now I have enough to pick it up, keep picking up every mile to be able to get to the fastest I can to the finish line. So this is a, past the halfway point, uh, time to assess what, you're, what you have, what you don't have. And then if you're not having a tough day, it's time to back off and then be able to finish strong. 
All right, by the way, most of the hands went up there, and so I, I see you guys are all like me. Win the morning, win the day. That's what I always say. We got some morning runners out here, so I love that. All right, next question, live. We'll hand, it, hand the mic off. Hello. Hi. Um, it's great to see you both. Um, what would you tell the first year Meb running New York City <laughs> that you know now over and over again beside no fettuccine? <laughs> That's a great question. So 2002, I did my first marathon at the New York City Marathon. And uh, what I would tell myself is it was 38-degree weather. So it was cold like it was yesterday. Yesterday was pre-cold. So I threw my beanie away, my hand warmers, and then my gloves. I would tell that, don't throw those. Because New York, when you, you might be in the sunny area, it is a little bit warm maybe. But when you get in the shade, it's freezing. So tuck it in. But also, I would tell my old self that First Avenue was a mistake for me. Even though in the long run was a foreseen of what's coming in the future, I was not patient. Coach Bob Larson, my coach says, be careful. Don't make a move on First Avenue. You know, be patient. But I'm like, this feels great. And everybody's just cheering. And I just, whew, I, was, I was running great. I, was, I got it down to four people. I was like, worst scenario. I got fourth place, best scenario. I still can win it. And then... 19 miles into it, I hit the wall and I stomping the ground so I have nice cadence. And then, um, who else is coming? Fifth place, sixth place, eighth place, and I finished ninth. And I was happy about it, but I ran 212, 35, which is amazing. But the A standard for the Olympics was sub 212. So I missed it by 35 seconds, 36 seconds. I'm like, this is not fun. I don't want to ever, ever do it again. And so, I went back to Eritrea where I was born and grew up and with my mom for two weeks, uh, for two months. Uh, two weeks after that, I realized how people were surviving from sunrise to sunset, no electricity, no running water. That was a personal choice that I ran in New York. Don't complain about this discomfort. And I came back. I said, Coach Larson, I'm like, Coach, I'm going to do another marathon. I was like, what happened to you? I said, I realized how fortunate I was. So to be here in New York and run this year's marathon, you know, on the medal says, and the medal says, if you make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. So I take that to, the, to my heart and try to do the best that I can each time and every time. Since they got better, that doesn't mean it's always easy. You're going to have ups and downs, but at the same time, get the best out of yourself. You know, Meb, I'm starting to think that maybe we should put a sign at the bottom of the ramp getting off of the 59th Street Bridge at next year's marathon that says, slow down. <laughs> because... I hear it time and time again, people falling into that First Avenue trap. I think it's because you're in Manhattan and you feel like you're close to the finish line. You are not close to the finish line. So you got to keep your pace under control. You know, maybe we should have one of the NYPD there and say, you know, we're going too fast though, so, you know, because there was a guy that, Hendrik Ramallah was a South African guy who won in 2004. And he just, he was known for the notorious for going out so hard on that first avenue. So yeah, a sign, be patient. A lot of people would appreciate it, including myself. All right, we're gonna work on that for next year, another sign. We've got a lot of signs we put up this year. All right, next question from the audience. Who else do we have with a question for Meb Kofleski or for myself, this live recording of the Set the Pace podcast here at the TCS New York City Marathon Expo. All right, I've got another question that came in online. I get chills after a long run. What's the best way to avoid getting sick? Is this a problem you've had, getting chills? I guess it depends on the weather. I used to get stomach aches, actually, after, after long runs, all that bouncing up and down. Do you have any post-run issues? 
No, I think I'm, for running, I'm chills when I'm cold. I hate being cold. You could probably see I have three, four layers on. I don't like being cold, but you know, sometimes it's so cold in Mammoth Lakes where I used to train, and I can't even unzip my jacket or untie my shoes after a tempo run. Those are hard, but at the same time, know that you know you can run 17 miles, 16 miles. I don't get hot. I'm always cold, but some people do well in the cold, not so well in the heat. So it's kind of know what kind of runner that you are. But chills is have a soup or something. Sometimes I'll have a hot tea in the car to be able to just have in the thermal, in the thermal, to be able to keep it warm and then have sip on it throughout the day if you're the person that gets easily cold. But at the same time, nervousness is going to happen. But believe in your training. Long runs are supposed to be kind of replication of the race, you know, time on yourself, time to how you're going to nutritionally burn those things. So maybe you're not having enough food in your stomach. So you might have to get up earlier and load up beforehand before going for a long run. I guess an ice bath would probably not be a good idea if you're already having chills probably find a, find a warm spot to hang out. Although I used to, the ice bath really did help me. I mean, I, I felt completely different after long runs. I mean, it was painful, but I would literally go buy bags of ice from the grocery store, dump them in my bathtub, suck it up for 10 minutes, and I, I, my recovery was so much better. Absolutely, ice bath help a lot. So when I moved from Mammoth Lakes, Mammoth Lakes, we used to do it in the creek, the snow melt, and the and then in the fall for New York, getting ready for New York City Marathon is hard. One day, I remember, I used to have this big thermometer that I keep in with me when I'm at the hotel or at the, or at the creek. I put it in. It was like 38 degree. I'm like, should I do it? Should I not? I'm like, I was traveling. I did it. And then when I moved to San Diego, like you said, I would get like 40 pounds of ice. You know, San Diego water does not get very cold. So the, the guy in the ice machine or in the um, gas station is like, what kind of party are you having? I'm like, it's not the party you want to be invited. It's like, I fill up the tub with cold water and throw this ice. It's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I don't want to be in that party. So, All right. Who's got a question out there? We've got a question right here in front. If we could bring the mic up. Great green pants, by the way. You guys can't see it on the podcast, but those of us in person. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very, very much. Uh, the question is actually for you. You are now the new CEO. Um, what envisions do you have, changes, opportunities for the New York Roadrunners and for the coming TCS New York City Marathons? Thank you very much for the question. Um, you know, we are constantly looking at ways to improve the marathon, of course, make New York Roadrunners a better organization, you know, year in and year out. I would say the biggest thing for me is this finding more ways to get people running. And we've got so many people who have started running in the last few years because of the pandemic. Since I've been CEO, almost every single race is sold out. And they're selling out quickly. If you're here in the New York area, you know it's hard to get into our races. So I congratulate all the folks who are here because you ran the 9 plus 1 program because you had to be on the ball. Like you had to literally know when the new races were going on sale, jump on that, sign up. It was not easy to do. And I'd like to find some ways to make that easier and make it easier to run with us because I don't like to see so many folks shut out from races. And so that may mean things like, you know, of course, maybe some more races, more ways to run with us in a virtual format so that you can run and tell us about your run online. Even if it doesn't mean it's part of nine plus one, it's just running with us, right? And then the other thing I would talk about 
is, you know, I, I've made mental health a big focus of mine as CEO and talking a lot about the mental health benefits of running. I think that's why so many people started running during COVID is because we were all alone. We were, frankly, we were all, you know, depressed in one way or another, right? Because it was a, it was a depressing time. And people found running was one thing that would keep them feeling good, both physically and mentally, and they've kept going. And so I want to keep talking about that because it's a huge reason to run. And I want to keep giving more and more people those reasons to run and then just give them places to run while they're doing it. So we've got a lot planned. We'll have some changes for sure. As I go through this year's marathon and have a chance to get feedback, see what works, what can be improved, you'll see some new things. The TCS New York City Marathon app, we're really happy with that this year. We made a couple of small changes to it. My favorite change for this year is, if you're a member of a running club now, you can just search the club. I'm seeing some folks applaud that in the audience. And all the members of that club, you can follow them all in one fell swoop. So things like that. But we got, we got a lot of things we can do to keep people running with us. And I appreciate the question very much. I saw another question that was up in the back in the yellow there. Hello, both of you. Um, I was wondering, I think Meb as such a seasoned professional runner and then Rob meeting hundreds of thousands of runners as CEO, what are um, like personal or some mantras that you've heard like Meb that have kept yourself going as you're going throughout the New York City Marathon or just the many marathons you've run and then maybe Rob some of your favorite mantras that you've heard from runners that have helped them get through the marathon and, and tough times in the race. You know, the running community is such a tight niche. You know, you have done this marathon or this marathon. People want to meet you, and, and you get energy feedback from each other. It's the camaraderie of, hey, I ran ten, my half marathon is this. You know exactly what that means. You kind of give them positive energy to say, hey, great job. What's your next goal? Because everybody, the runner, is thinking the next goal, the next goal. And sometimes people say, oh, I'm just, if you have options, and like the TCS is a marathon, but if you have somebody else doing the half marathon, I'm just doing it. No, it's not just a half marathon. It's 13.1 miles. So you tell them, I always tell myself, run to win. It doesn't mean getting first place, but getting the best out of yourself. And I tell the same thing to the other runners. It's like, okay, when, when you ran 402, it was not the best day. You wanted to run in for four flat or four hours run, but you didn't get it done. Why? Because I was sick or I didn't get my long run, but... Keep, keep it alive. If you keep that, say, I want to run 355 or 358, you can do it because you are within that range. So I just have come across to others and say, hey, you gave me a positive energy. You tell me that I was capable of qualifying for Boston or to go to the, do New York City Marathon and other things. And that's the beauty of it. We are so, I mean, this is it. You can come and say hi to me, but whereas NBA or NFL or baseball or other sports, you have no access to that. So to answer your question is, be the best, best version of yourself each time and every time because you never know who you're going to inspire. Even on your, not only race days, but on training days. I remember I was in, in uh, Tampa, Florida one time in 2005. I had ruptured my quad and I was going for a 30-minute jog. And I said, good morning and gave her thumbs up. It was that lady came back 11 years later and said, were you running Riverview? I said, yes. You know, I was, I was walking. It was my first day out after having a heart surgery. So you never know what that person going through, whether it's mental or physical, other situation. When they see you running, they're getting encouraged by you. Oh, I haven't run my run yet or I haven't signed up for my marathon yet. I'm going to be able to do it next time. So it goes feedback from each other. I'll give you two responses to the question and thank you for the question. One is like my tip for getting through 
the TCS New York City Marathon mentally without kind of like getting discouraged. And it's read the signs, okay? Because the signs in New York, I mean the signs the spectators are holding, they are the best signs in the world. We have some of the most creative, comedic writers in the world in this city, and a lot of them seem to show up on the sidelines of the TCS New York City Marathon. I can't tell you how many times I laughed on my way through the marathon with some creative sign. I remember one uh, from one year where a guy held up a sign that said, the rats don't run this city, you do, right? Which I was like, oh yeah, that, that, that's kind of funny, right? There's just so many great little lines and quips that, that people have, and so that will really take your mind off of the physical pain you may be feeling. There's nothing like a laugh to get through. And then as far as mantras, my mantra in running has always been really simple. And it's my mantra in life. And if you meet me out there in the world and at, at the expo here or this race weekend, so often I finish it by just saying, keep going. Keep going. Because I always talk about running as a metaphor for life in that the option, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish in life, right? Especially hard things. The option to quit is always right there right in front of you. And that could be true no more anywhere than it is in running. Quitting is so easy. You just, you just stop. You just walk off, right? And so what's amazing about marathoners is they didn't quit. They just kept going. And it's an easy thing to just repeat to yourself, repeat to yourself. And it, it, it's for running, it's for life, it's for everything. You just keep going. I definitely agree with you, Rob. It's just... The option to quit when you're in the front of the pack, middle of the pack, or the back of the pack, there's, there's that tendency. I've been there many times, I why am I doing this? But as soon as you come to the finish line, people look at their clock and says, I could done better, or I'm thrilled. So by not giving up when that thought is coming, many doors, many other doors opens up for you, just as is in a life. Because you might have an interview, you didn't get qualified for that job, or didn't get the job, but it doesn't mean it's over. You gotta just keep going. Other questions here from the audience? We got a question with the gentleman in the third row. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for just answering the, my, my question. Microphone, please, so the folks can hear you on the podcast, yes. yes I just wanna thank you for, for answering the question. Thank you, thank you very much, appreciate it. How to overcome, overcome uh, difficulty. Yes, absolutely, I mean, no crisis, one. Actually, how you deal with the crisis, you know? Yep. The, the hitting the wall, for instance. You know, I hear about hitting the wall, you know. Yeah, how do you deal with that crisis of hitting the wall? You know, hitting the wall is imaginary what that is always there, the runner's fear, but I really believe the key to success is preparation to be able to do the work that you need to do to get there. But sometimes you can do everything right and still hit the wall. For example, for me, it was 2013 New York City Marathon. My mind says, go lift your right leg. You lift your right leg. I couldn't do it. So I started walking, just like you alluded to, Rob. Keep going, keep going. And you can walk, and then it eventually becomes running. Running is something that you can slow down a little bit and catch your breath and keep going again until you get to that finish line. So you have to tell yourself, mind over body, mind over body, keep pushing. And this, the beauty of running is there's people around you. You know, you feel guilty sometimes walking and you start jogging, you know. Those are the things that keeps you going. But... Mental preparation is important. Don't give up, even though the tendency is there. Get to that finish line, and next time you say, how can I improve myself? 
All right, any more questions from our live audience? We have one right here in front on the left. Thanks very much for your question. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Uh, I really am enjoying this, and, and I appreciate all the information. This is the first time I've run New York, and I've run it, this is my 13th time, but this is the first time I ever decided a couple days ago, like, I'm so afraid because I know what it's about, but I haven't trained. I know I haven't trained, and I'm thinking, I don't want to go into this and hurt myself, right? So I'm thinking, I know what I do normally, I just walk and I run, you know, and that seems to work. Especially now that I'm older, I know that's the only way I can actually get through it. But is there a point, and I never had this in my head, that thought I shouldn't go in, you know? Is there a point where you know that you're not ready for a race and you decide I'm not going in? There have been a couple times where you think your mind you know, it's, but you're comparing to your old self. That's how it is. Because your old self, you know, when you run it 13 times or other marathons, you said, I've done it before. You're comparing now to your old self. And I was having a, a coffee with somebody yesterday. I wish I started those races because my 100% is somebody, if I could be 80% fit, I can probably beat those guys or be able to be competitive. But I know in my head that I'm not getting the workout that I think I'm capable of. And it discouraged me from doing it. So for you, it might be now is like for the first five miles, it might be walking for you. Don't, you don't want to walk the last part of the race. You want to start a little bit by walking, run, walk, run, and then eventually run maybe the last part of it. Know that you're going to make it versus going to un unknown territory, running by the first mile. Okay. That's, that, that's the help. Because I was thinking the same. I should just go out really slow and then pick it up where, like the race isn't a race until the last six miles, right? Who are we kidding? Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I just want to say one more thing. Like you said, what's inspiring and never is going to change is what happens to you during the New York Marathon. Like, I've been in a race where I walked uh, 12 miles of the 13 miles because I hurt myself at one mile. And I remember in the rain, the bus coming up and asking to pick me up. And I thought, no, I don't want to, I don't want to go on the, on the bus. I'll keep going. And then I saw a guy in front of me that I was going to pass. So I got close to this guy and I was excited that I was actually going to pass him until I saw that he had a cane and I thought oh my god and I said I said to him I said are you going to run you're going to go the whole way to Coney Island and he, he looked at me he goes what's the rush <laughs> and I thought that was the greatest thing I've never heard that I, I'm actually trying to say that even though I'm running at the back of the pack it's still a, a great exciting race and that hasn't changed from the beginning of the pack in 1984, where I had something, you know, younger and having fun at the, that part, but now the back is just as cool. I love it. I love that spirit. And That's so true. Thanks for, for, you know, all that, you know, new stuff coming up that, that you're trying to include, because I think it's such an important part of what we all need, and, and New York really helps us to, uh, to feel like we're like this community of I feel more than ever now that I'm entering these nine plus one programs and I see a lot of friends, I just think, oh my God, thank God I, I, this is available to me. And, and now my two kids, which are both going to be in next year's marathon. Yes. So I love it. I love it. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for that. And, you know, I was going to say to you also, the experience does help. You know, I, I've talked to other people who, you know, have run 10, 15, you say this is your 13th, you'll be two away from being a streaker where you get guaranteed entry every year. And that experience matters. You know the course. You know what's coming. You've seen it. 
And so maybe your body's not where you'd like it to be, but your mind, you can lean on that. You can lean on what you know. We got time for maybe one more question from the audience. Yep. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you for being here. Uh, my question for you, Rob, is <clears throat> the New York Roadrunners puts on a lot of races. <clears throat> a lot of us come from out of state to, to run the marathon. So excluding the marathon, what's another race that out-of-staters can come and enjoy uh, for New York? What would you recommend? Oh, thanks. That's a great question. I'll give you, th I'll give you three that I love. Um, the, the, the United Airlines New York City Half Marathon is an absolutely fantastic half marathon course. It starts in Brooklyn, right by the Brooklyn uh, Academy of Music and Prospect Park, and it just makes its way through Brooklyn, over the Manhattan Bridge, down around the FDR Drive, and then up into Central Park, finishes right there, pretty much at the finish line of the TCS New York City Marathon, going in the opposite direction. That's a great race. If you like to run and train in the winter, since it's in March, that's a really good race. The second one I'll, uh, I'll say is another half. It's the Brooklyn half, the RBC Brooklyn Half Marathon. That is also an amazing course, all in Brooklyn, goes from Prospect Park all the way down to Coney Island, and on a nice day, it finishes right there where the Nathan's hot dogs are and the cotton candy. And, you know, Coney Island was lit up this year. All the restaurants and bars were open, so it's really, really fun. And then I'll say a third one that I just think is um, maybe it's not for out of town, but you know what? This is really for the, for the women out there. I'll say the MasterCard Mini 10K is another race that I just think is so special. Um, it's a race that's just for women, but it's got an incredible history. It's been going since the 1970s, and it's an amazing 10K course, a fast 10K course. Starts on Central Park West and then goes into Central Park, but the energy and the spirit and the history around that race is so special. Um, I, I just love it. I was really blown away by that. So I'd say those are three of my favorites that are worth making the trip in for out of, from out of town. And, uh, you know, we'd love to have folks come in anytime because uh, New York's a great, great city to run, not just for the TCS New York City Marathon. So thank you very much for that question. All right, Meb, final thoughts here as we get to sign off. Final words for folks who've been listening to the podcast since we started and are getting ready to run on Sunday. What's your last piece of advice for them? Well, safe travel and welcome to the TCS New York City Marathon. I know this is Thursday, a few days away from the marathon. Now it's time to just focus on what you want to accomplish. And you have done the training, you've done the work, and thanks for listening to the podcast because you know, we want to give you as much advice as possible. And Rob has been a great partner to be able to do this. And Enjoy the journey. You know, this is a celebration. You know, the work is done, the hay is in the barn, but now focus on what you want to accomplish, whether it's the first time, you know, try not to get lost in New York because I've done that many times. <laughs> and the others is just go enjoy, dine in, and, you know, enjoy yourself with shows or with so many things that New York has to provide, but at the same time, stay off your feet, give you a bib, and then enjoy the, the festivity. And I always say, Run to win. It doesn't mean getting first place, but getting the best out of yourself. And you're here to get the best out of yourself, whether you are local here or from the 130 countries. It's amazing. New York is a melting pot of the world, and to be able to be here and enjoy it. So good luck, have fun, and enjoy to Central Park. And one more I advice, save something for Central Park. You know, if you are new here, save something for the hills. Save something for Central Park. I love it. All right, and my last message for folks... And this is something I'll, I'll say at the starting line 
on Staten Island Sunday morning, but there's so many different waves. Not everyone will hear me when I speak. I'm going to speak right uh, before wave one goes off and then head to the finish line. But my message to everyone, everyone at the starting line of the TCS New York City Marathon is congratulations. And that may sound strange, right? It's the starting line. Why are you congratulating me? I haven't done anything. I haven't gone anywhere yet. No, you have done a lot to be at the starting line. I mean, first of all, you had to get into the race. So congratulations on that. It wasn't easy. You got through in the drawing or you're running for a charity or you did nine plus one, whatever you did to get there. But it's more than that. It's all the work you had to put in, the commitment you had to have, the belief in yourself that you had to have just to show up at that starting line. I congratulate you for that. I congratulate you for showing up at the start of this 26.2 mile journey. And what I say is, enjoy the day. You're gonna learn something about yourself over those 26.2 miles. You've already learned it through the training and the getting ready. You're gonna learn so much more about yourself over that 26.2 miles. Take that, take whatever it is you learned about yourself and take that with you and everything you try to do for the rest of your life. That is what I say at the starting line. Congratulations, I'll see you at the finish line. Meb, thank you so much as always, it's been amazing. This podcast journey's been great. We're gonna keep going, so we'll see everybody out there. Thank you all for listening to Set the Pace, presented by New Balance, the official podcast of New York Roadrunners. We'll see you next time.